intro. Welcome back to Coey's Questions, where we explore life and current events in a real person kind of way. The headlines have a little what the mixed in. So glad y'all tuned to hang out with us again this week. Hey, Jay, did you do your homework and listen to Kane Brown like I told you to last week? I listened to a little bit of it. It has been a very long week, but yes, I did hear Kane Brown, and I do realize that I have listened to Kane Brown before. And he's fabulous, right? Hmm. Did my homework. Well, that was a nice way to um, sidestep that. (laughs) Today's episode is going to be super fun. As you know, I'm a foodie. I love food, food from other countries and cultures, and I really feel like the best way to get to know someone is in the kitchen. There's just so much you can learn about culture and life from food. After our WTF news today, we're going to have a special guest that knows a lot about food, too. She's a dietitian, and she's joining us to talk all about good food, what her point of view on good food is, and I know, Jay, you specifically noted that you wanted to know how to eat good food and still be sexy, so... I'm just going to chime in. I don't know if I said that. So we will explore that today, too. We did record the interview live, outside, and in the pool, so if you hear wind chimes, pool noises, or Jay sounding extra jealous, that's why. pizza shop owner threw a pizza at a machete-carrying robber. The owner of Stargate Pizza in Delaware saved his shop from a robber by throwing a pizza at him when the robber demanded money as he was closing the shop down Friday night. The suspect fled after the pizza was thrown at him and no one was injured. And Queen Elizabeth is selling gin made from leaves found at Buckingham Palace. Everyone seems to be trying to find a side hustle this year. Now we have our guest here with us. Her name is Amanda Donahue, M-S-R-D-L-D. Nice to have you with us today. Hey, y'all. Thanks for having me. All right. So first question, you have a lot of letters behind your name. What do they mean? The M-S means I just have a master's in science that's um, focused on nutrition and dietetics. And then the R-D stands for registered dietitian, which you can also have R-D-N behind your name, which stands for registered dietitian nutritionist. Certain states require you to be licensed, so that's what the LD stands for, is licensed dietitian. So they all just basically mean you're a dietitian. Yes. You just sound fancy, right? (laughs) Besides the first one, yes. Okay. And then you did mention the RD and RDN. What's the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian? That's actually a really good question. Dietitians are accredited, so they basically go through um, a bunch of credentialed courses and they go through over 1200 hours of rotations with actual dietitians before they can take a national exam okay. and they have to pass a national exam to become a registered dietitian. So if you see somewhere like online that says like, oh, I'm a nutritionist, but they don't claim that they're a registered dietitian, right. that basically means, yeah, they might have a lot of knowledge in nutrition, but they didn't go through what a registered dietitian does to gain that credential. Okay. So. So nutritionist is kind of like an apprentice dietitian. <laughs> Like your training still? But like an actual apprentice. Like you're a nutritionist because you have knowledge, but you have to take a test and have a, you, you have to be an accredited nutritionist to become a dietitian. Yeah. Did you have to be a nutritionist while you were in school to be a dietitian or you could just go straight to dietitian? I mean, I guess you could call yourself a nutritionist if you have some kind of knowledge in nutrition. Yeah. Okay. But you're not anything until after you take the exam and get those RD credentials. Okay. So then it's not an apprentice thing, Jay. So there, so there's no schooling for nutritionists. So I could be a nutritionist right now. You could call yourself a nutritionist. <laughs> Please don't, Jay. Please don't. Well, <laughs> this beer has X amount of calories. Boom, it's good for you. Oh, my goodness. Still have 1,800 to go today. So what led you to a career <laughs> in dietetics? Well, to be honest, when I started out at Texas Tech University, reckon, I started out pre-pharmacy and I was starting to take all the prereqs and was not doing that great. So I had to find another route. Those prereqs are hard. I started out pre-dental. I have similar prereqs. They're hard. Yes, they are. But I found nutrition and I started doing substantially better afterwards and I really found a love for it. So I stuck with it and here I am today. All right. So you weren't like always into foods and things like foods when you were growing up or anything or? 
that just changed. Or you were into a different kind of food then? Well, yeah, I can't say that I've always ate the healthiest, but um, after going through all of my nutritional courses and becoming a dietitian, I definitely eat a completely different way now. Okay. So, yeah. All right. And when you were, when we were first talking to you, you said that you work with a special population. Mm-hmm. What made you want to work with them and what exactly is that special population? Um, so the special population that I work with is people living with HIV. Okay, that's cool. I didn't particularly seek out that population to work with, mm-hmm. but let me tell you how hard it is to get a job after you get out of college. <laughs> <laughs> so I was searching for a job and I ended up applying for a position at an outpatient clinic. Um, found out that the population was all people living with HIV. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I learned so much about the disease process, the medications, the comorbidities that they deal with. The what? <laughs> comorbidities. So Define that. Yeah, that's a good question. So comorbidities are basically anything that somebody can be dealing with, like metabolic disease, diabetes, um, high cholesterol, hypertension, um, basically these risk factors on top of them living with HIV. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So... Uh... This leads me to, to a question. I have so many questions on this. When you're talking about, especially with uh, special populations, you know, with, with different medications and yeah. corbibidities. Ooh, fancy words. I probably didn't say that right. But is there a lot of a lot of dietary things that you have to watch out for as far as if you eat this food, it'll complicate with this medication. Or if you eat more of this food, you probably don't have to take as much of this medication, which is good for this one. And yeah. How deep does the rabbit hole go with so that? So the main thing that we look out for with HIV or antiviral medications and food is that some require a certain amount of food that you have to eat to take the medication with. Um, some require no food at all, or some you can take with or without food. So I'm looking at those particular things whenever I talk to my patients about their medications and their meals. Did I answer your question, Jay? Did it? I feel like he has more now. <laughs> so, well, so, uh, hmm, I think I think I phrased it a, a little strangely. So, yeah, so I'm used to medications because, you know, in the Army, everything is just fixed, mostly with ibuprofen, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes they go a little better. And, you know, and, and I, I know there are some foods that you have to eat food with and some they tell you not to eat things with. Right. But I, more so, like, if I'm taking, and because I don't know the name of a thousand things, I'm going to call it Medicine X. Mm-hmm. And Medicine X has certain properties in it. Is there any medicines that are kind of like, if you take Medicine X, you should eat a lot of kiwi because kiwi has something in it that will help this medicine do things naturally. So, any craziness like that? Or, whenever or am you're... I getting to, like, the herbal medicine people? Okay. Are you referring to HIV medication or are you referring to nutritional supplements like vitamins and minerals? Or just medication in general? I'm, I'm talking medication in general because I know okay. like when we talk about HIV that there are a lot of, you know, stronger, you're not going to find this on the shelf of a CVS kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. it's not an over-the-counter anywhere. Sure. And I know that some of those get very specific and have very specific ingredients that some people are like, oh yeah, you could just get that by eating a banana. And I'm like, I'm not eating a truck full of bananas. I'll take the one pill and be done with it. Okay, so I think you're asking more about nutritional supplements is what it sounds like. Because I don't know. I'm sure there's a litany of, of medicines for like, you know, when you're talking about like the antivirals and stuff for HIV, mm-hmm. like are there things you could eat that would make your medicines more effective or just make it healthier and help your medicines work better? So with HIV medications, like I said before, there are caloric requirements for some. Um, there are certain minerals that you have to avoid taking with some HIV medications that could interfere with how they work, such as calcium, aluminum, iron, magnesium. So if you're taking a specific... So I can't eat bike tires anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't recommend eating those, period. (laughs) A lot of aluminum in there. (laughs) um, These are just the certain minerals that could interact with that medication and cause them not to be as effective, which could cause their viral load to increase, which is the exact opposite of what we want to do. We want their viral load to be undetectable. Right. Does that help answer your question? Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Was like, I've, I've heard things like that, but it's you know usually never from a registered or licensed dietitian. It's someone like, yeah, man, don't eat this with your food; it'll make you more sick. I'm like, but why? Like, don't tell me it's going to make me sick if it doesn't, because maybe it did for you because you're you know you have like a weak stomach or something. Right. Like, I can whatever. So it may not necessarily make you feel sick, but it could be cause your medication become less effective, or 
more effective, which also could be problematic. Yeah, dosing. And, yeah. Mm. All right. I just take a healthy dose of awesome every morning. So if I make that more effective, then I'm still good. Yeah, how I do definitely. we make that more effective? Yeah. <laughs> I definitely recommend that to all my patients. Hashtag defend Jay. All right, Courtney's about to start in on me. Oh, I am not. Okay. So what is the most interesting thing about health and nutrition for you? The amazing things that food and nutrition can do for our body. Okay. I don't think people really understand how food can make us feel. And not only emotionally, but physically. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think that would be the most interesting thing. What do you mean that like, food can make you feel emotionally? Are you talking about like comfort eating or like food actually, ma- there's some that's like a happy pill, but in an apple form? Well, I would say both. I mean, a lot of our culture revolves around food. Mm-hmm. So we go to a party, there's food, um, birthdays, anniversaries, weddings. Um, we go to a sporting event. What are we going to eat? There's always food. Right. If we're feeling down. Just go ahead. No sad people eat cake. All right. Yeah. Just no sad people eat cake. You know, Everyone's smiling when they're eating cake. And there is some science <laughs> to behind that too. Whenever we eat foods that are high in sugar, it can set off things in our brain that make us feel good. So That's we want to eat more. dopamine, right? Yeah. Dopamine. Absolutely. Food has an emotional and a physical effect. So if we're eating all the right foods that nourish our bodies, then we're going to feel well. Right. So that could be like the happiness pill that you're referring <laughs> right, to. Right, but happy pill just not exactly yeah. in the shape of an apple, I guess. Right. I mean, apples do make me happy, so we'll count that. But Me too. <laughs> it's in the shape of a cake and probably a full sheet. I feel like maybe that's not what she was saying there, Jay. Maybe maybe you shouldn't selectively hear what you want to hear. <laughs> okay, so with what interests you most, are there any drawbacks with working in this field? Uh, this takes me back to my internship. So one of our rotations during our internship is a clinical rotation with inpatient um, patients in the mm-hmm. hospital. So basically you're coming in for an acute reason. You're sick. You don't feel good. Right pretty sure the last person you want to talk to is a dietitian. Right. So my heart goes out to all the inpatient dietitians because they are essential. They're vital. Um, and the work that they do is great, but it's not very rewarding in my opinion. Um, it can be, I won't say in all circumstances it's unrewarding, but it's not been my favorite (laughs) rotation. Um, minus my preceptor, he was really great, but I prefer outpatient dietitian Right, where work. people are excited to see you. Yes, they want to come in because they have a goal in mind, they're motivated to make the change, and they want to talk to you about food and nutrition. So. Right, they're not just talking to you because they have to to go home. Exactly, because <laughs> that was basically what I got. They were like, yeah, yeah, finish what you have to say, get out of my room. Right, yeah. and nobody likes to feel like that at all. No. <laughs> there, okay, so there's inpatient, outpatient. Are there other parts of, like, other specialties almost for dietitians or is it just inpatient outpatient that's it um Courtney to answer your question yeah dietitians are involved in a lot of different things so corporate wellness is becoming really popular lately um they want dietitians to kind of help out with large corporate businesses so we can get everybody leading a healthier lifestyle that means lower insurance costs people are out sick less so um I guess more like sufficient work right. you know missing Keep work, you in work more yeah. often. um Dietitians can be involved with geriatrics, so the older population. Mm -hmm. Um, One particular area that I'm most interested in and where I want to go towards is sports dietetics. Um, So you can get the credentials CSSD, which stands for Certified Specialist in Sports Dietetics. And you'll see dietitians that work with Olympians, the NFL, um, the NBA, pro golfers. I mean, a wide range of athletics, right? which is really cool. Now, how is that different from what you do? What do you mean? Because it sounds like they're just doing the dietitian piece, but for athletes, like, is it, is it a very different set of nutrition for them or is it like, oh, absolutely. Oh, I cannot weigh protein scoops, bro. You only get two and a half. All right. <laughs> So it is completely. No, I'm asking because I've I've heard of them, but it's just one of those like, is it the same kind of thing where you're like holistically changing their diet, or do you have a lot more specialties with like, okay, this dude's taking steroids and 800, you know, grams of whey protein every day. We got to limit that back. So we definitely don't recommend steroids because um, those are illegal. <laughs> but we do take a whole food approach and. 
It, it is completely different because imagine, let's just take Tom Brady, for example, his diet and lifestyle is going to look completely different from an average doe that might not be working out for six hours a day. So they're going to need right. a completely different diet plan. He's not working out six hours a day. Well, maybe eight, he's, honestly. He's out there deflating football. <laughs> anyway. That's what he gets paid for. So he gets paid to work out and to play football. Go Colts. So yeah, it is a lot different. They're going to be talking to their clients about something completely different than what I'll be talking to my clients about. It's all about fueling your body, but the way that athletes are fueled are going to be different than, let's say, a 28-year-old pregnant woman. Hmm. Okay. You mean she's not in the gym eight hours a day? She definitely could be. And she might have <laughs> common diet recommendations that an athlete would have, but it would still look different because she's growing a baby in a uterus. So. <laughs> Let's hope a football player is not. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Tom Brady's growing a baby in his uterus, <laughs> probably deflated football. <laughs> so since you're, you're, you know, a dietitian, you know, you have all this knowledge. So a big question I think a lot of people have with, with any profession, especially yours, right? Do you make everyone in your household eat super healthily or <laughs> do you just kind of let them eat whatever? I think so I'm curious, like you have one of those, like everyone gets broccoli in a deck, you know, a card deck size of steak and then you go to bed. Or is it like, oh, I got McDonald's guys. I think that's one of the biggest challenges. You should ask my husband what he thinks, but <laughs> I try not to judge people for what they eat. Unlike Courtney. Now, I couldn't have married somebody that maybe eats really different than I do. So we typically eat pretty healthy in our house. My coworkers will tell you that they think that I judge them every time they eat food, but I swear I don't. I was going to say, do you judge them? I don't. Uh-huh. I swear. They're listening. That's why you're saying no, right? Because they're listening. <laughs> they. I hope they do listen. I, I'm always here if they seek nutritional advice and I will tell them, but no, I never judge. Well, that was your invitation, coworkers. She <laughs> wants you to get the advice. Stop bringing pizza to work, Tim. No, no. I don't know if you work with a Tim, but he's probably really guilty right now. I don't work with a Tim. That would be pretty funny if he did. No. No. (laughs) That would be great, though. Tim's like, man. Tim just got Mm -hmm. called out. Right? He'd be like, I like my pizza. Damn. Um, But no, I don't force others to eat healthy. Um, If I'm to help them, though, maybe? Mm. If they want it. Mm. If they want it, Yes. (laughs) But if I'm cooking in the house, then yeah, they're going to eat what I put in front of them. And what what does that look like differently, like with food? So say you have a cookout at your house, what Mm -hmm. would you do maybe differently than the normal cookouts? Well, I think most dietitians focus on veggies first because, not because we're mean, not because we (laughs) want to be mean to everybody else. I'm sorry, you didn't mention steak yet. Well, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, let her talk. (laughs) (laughs) So we focus on vegetables first because they're so dense in nutrition. Right. But steak is dense in steak. Um, These are good. They're high you. in vitamins, minerals, fiber, antioxidants. Steak Ooh, is what? Dense it's dense in steak. steak. Is what he said. <laughs> yeah. So steak has some good nutritional properties as well. It's very high in protein. Um, and we definitely want protein with each meal. So we could absolutely include some steak at our cookout. But right. I think a different cookout, if you came to mine, would yeah. be more vegetable focused. So maybe we so, could grill some bell peppers, onions, tomatoes. But things. that's all you have is just the vegetables? Or do you have like hot dogs or brats or... Special um, fancy brats. Or... Well, I am a big fan of German oh. food, so I do like brats. So sauerkraut. Uh, if there are healthy brats, <laughs> I do prefer those, but I like regular brats too. Did, did okay. you have sauerkraut? Yes. Did we? We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cabbage. Look at that. Vegetables. Yay. Fun fact about sauerkraut. It's actually rich in probiotics because it's a fermented food, so I love to include as many fermented foods as possible in my diet. Sauerkraut is also really good. Oh, yeah. It is really Delicious. good. I like it. It might be a born in Germany thing. Wait, 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 wait. Let, let's back up here. You said fermented things are good in probiotics. Yes. She's not talking about beer. So does it mean that? Not talking about beer. Well, thanks for cutting me off and stealing my thunder. No, I was actually curious. Like, does do some beers have it? Like, are there certain beers that may be good in probiotics? So I was about to get some sauerkraut and some beer and have a healthy meal. Surprisingly, there is. Wait, what? So I don't know the brand, but I recently tried a kombucha beer. I'm sorry, what? Which kombucha does have a little bit of alcohol in it. A kombucha beer? (laughs) Someone made a kombucha beer. Yeah. Are you familiar with kombucha? Yes, yes. The uh, What do they call it? The mother. The mother, yes. Oh, so we're talking about... Yeah, I've got some hippie friends. Okay, yeah. 
<laughs> so kombucha is rich in probiotics as well. Righto. And there is a beer made from kombucha. So yes, there are. Wouldn't it kill the kombucha? No. My mind is blown right now. There's live active cultures in there from the tea. Right, but I thought the cultures would die if fermented. it was fermented and you know, like strong enough to drink beer no, no, and no. alcohol. Kombucha is fermented and already has a small amount of alcohol in mm-hmm. it. Um, the ones you buy on the shelf are going to be super small in alcohol. But what I'm guessing, and I'm not a beer maker, but um, it's fermented even more to have more alcohol in it to classify it as an alcoholic beverage. So a nutritionist so, forgot yeah. about their kombucha for a little while and then came back and found out they'd made beer. Yeah, their friends, were, exper- their friends were experimenting. <laughs> <laughs> when you were talking about, you know, people in your household, I know that you have a dog and a horse. Do they have special dietitian approved foods too? Or do they just eat like regular dogs and horses? So my horse has a less strict diet than my dog does. So we'll get into that. My horse just eats a senior feed and coastal hay. Um, He's getting older and retired, so he just does what he wants. But my dog, on the other hand, does have a little bit more of a, I don't want to call it restrictive, but healthy diet plan. Okay, what does a healthy dog diet plan look like? And why? So I love my dog more than most people love their dogs. She gets very limited table scraps. If Unless she's her, visiting her grandparents, right? Or her great-grandparents who feeds her <laughs> English muffins with jelly. Just like children, yeah. always stealing from the table. Yeah, you're right. But she only gets <laughs> dog-approved fruits and vegetables and lean protein if it's table scraps. Um, other than that, she only gets fed her corn, wheat, and soy-free dog food. Her what now? Yeah, it's free of corn, wheat, and yeah, soy. Yeah, what corn, wheat, and yep. so- it's because so no corn, wheat, no soy. She has a very sensitive stomach. Right. Okay, I'm with you there. So why is your dog eating fruits and vegetables? Because they're rich in vitamins, minerals, antioxidents, and fiber. But they're carnivores. So does Capri. All right, all right. Yeah. I, I have the perfect fix. You get a rabbit. You feed him all the fruits and vegetables, right? Because they're herbivores. And then your dog mm-hmm. eats the rabbit. <laughs> Boom. Winning. Not quite the same. Oh, Lord, Jay. What? I like to eat green stuff, too, after the cow had it and he's a steak. My dog also does um, take supplements every day, too. Gets- if you say yoga. Okay. okay. <laughs> Can you do yoga? <laughs> with, like, my dog does yoga. I don't think so. So, obviously, with your career, you have a lot of healthy thoughts about food. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite junk food and why? Can it be a real junk food, though, not like a dietitian version of a junk food? Yes. So, Because if you tell me it is low-carb bananas, we're done here. First of all, I'm not even sure what a low-carb banana is. Um, <laughs> me neither, but you're a dietitian, so you probably do. <laughs> so I, dietitians still eat junk foods, I guess, if you want to classify that. Um, we'll just say energy dense food so they're very low in nutrients okay <laughs> we'll go with that so i would say my favorite. okay i feel guilty already for my entire diet go on my favorite energy dense food <laughs> is probably donuts or okay. oreos or oreos yeah. double stuff oreos how many donuts or oreos a day i'm sorry I said, how many how many donuts, how many Oreos a day? So we know they're double stuff, so those count as two. So oh. we'll take whatever number you give us and divide by eight. They totally count as one. Don't eat it. <laughs> how every woman justifies her diet. It's only one double stuff, triple stacked Oreo. <laughs> I only eat them on occasion whenever I'm craving them or I just feel like it. But um, when I do, I'll limit myself. So I'll really watch my portion size. So I'll either have one donut or one double stuff Oreo. And that's just because that that's some, what I prefer. That takes some skill, limiting yourself to one one donut. I can see one Oreo. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Oh. I don't know about that. Agreed. Agreed. You, you're telling me you open a package of delicious Oreos and you only eat one a day. I sw- No, I don't eat one a day. No, she only eats one when she eats them. When I eat. Wait, wait. Not even daily? Like you might eat one double stuffed Oreo a week. I would say on average, let's say. I don't always have double stuff Oreos in my cabinet, but I'll say I eat maybe a sweet one to two times a week. Now, I do keep dark Are chocolate you a robot? I'm not a robot. Dark chocolate is really good, though. It's good yeah. for you, right? And it can have some benefits, too. So um, dark chocolate is really high in flavanols, which is an antioxidant that's really beneficial for your health. 
Um, but it's only in small quantities. So I don't want to hear that part. <laughs> so no, we can't have the whole bar. But I can eat. You like? A <laughs> we'll edit that out. <laughs> okay, but talking about the Oreos, since Jay interrupted me, the important question: Are you a twister or a dunker? I am one hundred percent a dunker. All right. I'm not opposed to people twisting them, though. See, I understand why. A dietitian told me I can twist. Them. I don't. I don't hate twisters. <laughs> I don't hate twisters. He eats them like a sandwich. Like I don't hate people who are wrong usually. Weird. Yeah. I ate them one. I ate them a box at a time. So this whole one or two a week thing is wrong. Look, <laughs> I wish you could see her face when you said that. <laughs> oh. uh, thank God you're not my dietitian because they're probably saying the same thing. <laughs> okay, but we do know. Like, you have how many drinks a week? We do know that you said before that you love pizza. Mm. Do you like normal pizza or is it some kind of like healthy broccoli pizza? Okay, so <laughs> gross. <laughs> I do love regular pizza, but a dietitian's mind still loves vegetables. So I'm like, okay, if I'm going to eat pizza, let me at least load it up with some veggies so I can get some good nutrition and I can still enjoy pizza at the same time. But on occasion, I will eat just regular like cheese or pepperoni pizza. <laughs> My parents ordered pizza the other night when I was over here and I did have a little side salad, but it was regular cheese pizza. So who eats just cheese pizza? There's no meat on there. I eat just cheese pizza. All right. We're about to have a conversation about pineapple on pizza and why cheese pizza is for kids 10 and under. No, we're not because we don't have time for all these rants today. <laughs> oh, this might be my favorite question. So I noticed on your questionnaire, you said you love craft beer. Yeah. As do I. I love all beer. I feel like most people think dietitian and think all healthy all the time, which you know would generally exclude beer. How does beer fit into that? In moderation, of course. And what does that look like? <laughs> so one case at a time? If we go out to a brewery, sometimes I'll do like um, a flight of beers and try okay. a few. Generally, it's one drink a day for women, two drinks a day for men. And that's about 12 ounces of beer, five ounces of wine, and one or and a half ounces, ounces of liquor. I was going to say, or two ounces of liquor. <laughs> I know that from my bartending day. Yeah. <laughs> one but... per hour per person to be under the legal limit. <laughs> You try to watch yourself with that? Okay. Oh, yeah. I I look super guilty right now. Um, if you could only eat one food for the rest of ever, what would it be? And it has to be like a singular food, not put together to make a new food product like pizza. So I actually thought about this question, and <laughs> I want to tell you the first thing that I thought of, and I think it's a completely dietitian <laughs> answer. So I was like, okay, what can I live off of the longest? <laughs> Well, that's just one thing and has a lot of nutrients and calories. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that came to my head was milk. Okay. So maybe whole milk because it has fat for calories. It's got carbohydrates for energy and um, protein. Okay. So I think milk. All right. <laughs> so that's the healthy way to do it. Okay. And when we think about it, mammals drink milk. Right. When they're born. That's how they grow and develop. So... Okay. I I was still just wondering if I could live off of beer, but apparently not. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just I was doing the math in my head. I'm like, no, there's probably not enough in there. Maybe people live off of it for a little while, but probably not forever. So, 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 you know, milk diets, beer diets, um, a thousand kinds of diets. What is a food trend you would like to see disappear? In general. I would like to see fad diets disappear. Um, super restrictive eating. <sighs> any ones in particular? I don't want to call out any diets. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, really all hard of them. for me to call out a particular diet. I always say if there's a diet that's telling you you need to eliminate an entire food group, I would question it because food groups are important. So you have fruits and vegetables, lean protein, low-fat dairy and whole grains, which all have nutritional benefits. And is there one that is kind of, I don't know, more, I don't want to say restrictive, like one is more unhealthy or more dangerous than the other? So it's it's hard to, to put like danger on a fad diet. So let's just take the keto diet, for example. That's the most popular diet right now, I feel like. So it's really high in fat moderate in protein, and low to no carbohydrates to put your body in ketosis, which basically means that you're burning fat for fuel instead of carbohydrates. Which is essentially like one step from starving, right? Where your body's freaking out about fuel and then has to burn the fat. 
Well, so it just had to come up with another route of fuel. So your body really likes to use carbohydrates for fuel first. So whenever you eliminate carbohydrates, your body has to find a different source of fuel, which fat comes into play, um, which is ketones. That's the, the active form of it. So whenever you're doing the keto diet, you basically can't eat a couple of food groups. So fruit is high in carbohydrates. So you would eliminate a lot of your fruit. Um, I think the lower carbohydrate fruits would be like mixed berries. So like blueberries, raspberries, things like that. Um, you would also have to eliminate whole grains. So whole grain bread, whole wheat pasta. And to be honest, I don't know how anybody eliminates pasta because pasta is <laughs> one of my favorite things too. So I say it's easy. You just don't cook it. Oh no. If you're a pasta lover, you can incorporate pasta in a healthy manner and in a healthy diet. So if that's not something for you, then I wouldn't recommend it. All right. Cause I love a lot of foods, but I don't like cooking a lot of foods. <laughs> so um, yeah. What he's really asking is how bad is it that he eats Burger King at least once a day? Oh, <laughs> well, I knew that was coming at some point. There might be healthier options at Burger King that you can choose. But they taste as good. <laughs> but um, yeah, we have to be careful with that fast food. And, and how, how much of my tears can soak into healthy food as opposed to the bun of a delicious whopper? But that's a story for a whole other day. Mm. I think we need a psychiatrist on for that one. But uh. so what exactly <laughs> makes food a good food or a bad food? So I actually talk to my patients about this all the time. And I tell them there's really no such thing as a good food or a bad food. Okay. There's foods that are more nutrient dense, which I want you to eat more of. Mm -hmm. And there's foods that are more energy dense that are super low in nutrients. So I'm holding my hands up like you can see me. But, <laughs> um, I normally will say like, hey, let's put broccoli in this hand. Right. So super nutrient dense, has a whole bunch of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, fiber, good stuff. Okay. And then this hand, let's put the infamous Twinkie. So super high in energy or calories. <laughs> right. And very low in nutrients. Right. So in moderation, we can definitely enjoy foods like Twinkies. But I want my patients, because that's the population that I, you know, that I'm working with and talk about, mm -hmm. um, to eat mainly nutrient dense foods. So things like fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean okay. meat, low fat dairy. Yeah. All right. So there's not really good and bad, just yeah, things some that, that you we should, should eat limit. less often. Mm -hmm. yes, okay, correct. Mm. All right. And what about like sugar-free and diet foods? Are those good for you? These come up all the time too, because they're like, oh, well, I read something that diet sodas actually cause you to gain more weight. Well, if we're drinking 12 regular sodas a day and we switch to diet, we're at least eliminating the calories from that because it's zero sugars, zero calories. Right. So it could be a good swap for some people to eliminate some added calories if they're trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Now, would never recommend 12 diet sodas because we still want, again, everything in moderation. So I don't want you to be- 11 and a half. Yeah, that would be a start. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we want to keep an eye on how many artificial sweeteners we eat okay. during the day. So, All right. So if you're like coming down to it, sugar is better than like fake sugar. If you're one-on-one, -on -one, like not if you drink 12 sodas, switching it out. But if you're just drinking one, which is better for you, diet drink or regular? I mean, I, not that either are good for you, but which is the least bad? I would still maybe recommend. Aspartame is a devil. Yeah, I would still recommend the diet soda because we typically eat so many added sugars a day. That's just one way to eliminate it. And sugary beverages is probably the majority of what Americans get a lot of their sugar intake from. Right. Right. And you did say that you're from South Georgia. So sweet tea would be something. Yeah. How do you feel about sweet tea? Sweet tea, I throw in the same category, unfortunately, as soda. It's so high in sugar. <sighs> yeah, I know. I know. But well, we just lost every listener in Georgia. Jay just pointed out I skipped the most important question. He wants to know how he can eat good foods and still look sexy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so <laughs> This is for this is for everybody out there, not just me. All right, they're gonna learn how to eat and drink beer, and have fun, and still work on the summer body in the middle of July. Absolutely. So I think the major thing to remember is again focusing on those nutrient dense foods and limiting those energy dense foods that don't provide your body with the nutrients and benefits that it requires every day. Um, so that would be the first thing that we could do is just focusing on whole foods, real foods, and maybe less processed foods and sugary foods. But don't forget about physical activity. It's going to be a really major factor in 
feeling and looking sexy. Okay. <laughs> so maybe you need to do a little more of that. Feeling sexy. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. The, psych- the psychiatry piece is coming out. I got to feel sexy to be sexy. Physical activity is so much more than just your physical appearance. It's good for your overall health, your mood, endorphins, bones, muscles. Yeah. Right. Endorphins make you happy. I right. learned that from Legally Blonde. <laughs> Well, luckily, for, luckily for me, I work in a career where I don't have a choice but to work out. Yes, look, that's that's good though. You, that basically means you get paid to work out. I wish I could get paid to work out. I get paid to look sexy. There you oh, go. Goodness. On that note, uh, <laughs> are there any foods that could help with the whole COVID thing going on, or other viral encounters? Are there foods that could help with that at all? Or whoa, whoa. did you say COVID and not COVID? COVID, COVID, whatever the hell it's called. It's all right. We all understood. I'm like, is, is there a new virus out I should know about? God, please no. Mm. Um, oh, I can eat more broccoli. <sighs> so you'll read a lot of articles that say, uh, eat five cups of kale and boost your immune system. Well, I don't necessarily agree with those type of articles. We really have to be careful with that because we don't want our immune system to be boosted, which essentially means it'd be an overdrive. Right. Um, An immune system in overdrive would never be good for our overall health and wellness. So the best thing that we can do to fight COVID with health and wellness is eating a well-balanced diet that's very nutrient-dense and plenty of fruits, vegetables, lean protein, whole grains, all the good food groups, Um, getting regular physical activity because that can also help boost immunity, let's put in quotes. So support (laughs) your immune system. Right. Support. I think Um, that's a good word for it. Support instead of Support is the word that I prefer. Yes. And then, of course, we can't forget about managing stress and sleep. Those are going to be really big factors in uh, supporting your immune system as right. well. Okay. Yep. Oh, I was just, you talk about managing stress. I'm like, yeah, some jobs could look with that. Oh my gosh. I know, but um, we have to find some tactics that can help with that, such as physical activity, meditation, yoga, relaxation. Yes, yoga. Mm-hmm. Alcohol. Oh, wait. That's not the healthy one, is it? <clears throat> well, that might add stress, unfortunately. Not really. It's like hitting the reset button. I don't even know what work is anymore. <laughs> Anyways, that's probably a story for our psychiatrist episode, apparently. <laughs> I, I ate healthy, I'll be but I... In now. Yeah, I, I bet you will. I told him to eat better. Mm, I told him. I told him to eat better. He wouldn't listen. Tiss, tiss. <laughs> yeah, if you saw my diet, you'd probably be like, we need to have a serious come-to-God moment. But anyways, uh, we'll have that later. I promise I don't judge. I'm only here to I help. Ju- I judge his with Burger King. I <laughs> swear, if the two of you were sitting together watching my diet, you'd probably be like, how the fuck are you even alive? <laughs> what do you think about the diets? Keto, paleo, and Whole30, kind of like those very, I know we hit them a little bit, but like those three, I think are some of the biggest ones. I know you talked about keto being probably the biggest right now, but the ones that are like, yeah. don't do this. And I know paleo is kind of a more relaxed version of whole 30 whole 30 is very uptight because i have a little bit of experience to, i have done a whole 30 before I have it was the worst month of my life that <laughs> yeah i was yeah. gonna say i was i felt great like in the whole was it tiger blood they call it right you get that energy you're like wow my body's doing these things and also your body's like and we're out of energy bro like we're done you got 22 days left to go good luck yeah so again i just always caution with these types of things because they eliminate certain food groups or they tell you you can't have certain foods that we could incorporate for nutritional benefits such as fruits or whole grains things like that now these diets aren't for everyone fun fact about the keto diet is that it's been around for a while i know it's only recently really popular but they there's a lot of research on the keto diet that they did i think it was like back in the 70s you'll have to i'll have to check myself on that they gave really high fat diets, which is what the keto diet is, to children that suffered with epilepsy. And it showed that they decreased the amount of seizures that they had. Really? So it's not a new thing. It's been around. Yeah. Um, I I just always caution with these diets that eliminate so many foods and, and become super restrictive because that can cause some really deteriorating mental health food habits. And we definitely don't want people to have a really distorted way of eating. So I really like to promote just general health and wellness. Why do we need to eat for our health? And why do we need to include the foods that we need to include to benefit us? And what works best for our diet and lifestyle? So, all right. yeah, I've been forming this question because I, I know we hear it a lot that they're, you know, everything in moderation. Do you think there's any 
I guess looking at probably keto, well, I guess more so like paleo and whole 30s, like there's foods that we were never meant to eat as people. Are there any foods that you can think of that are actually like, okay, this type of bread was never meant for human consumption? Yeah, it might taste good, but it wrecks your body. Or is everything one of those like, yeah, we didn't have bread a thousand years ago. Okay, cool. But we do now and it's good and just don't eat the whole loaf. I would say maybe super highly processed foods like Twinkies. <laughs> maybe we were never really meant to eat those types of foods. But the cool thing about humans is that we evolve and we adapt. But they fit in my mouth. Yeah. And they are delicious. If I can eat it, it must be meant to be. Lord help us, Jay. Don't make us explain to you how you should not eat anything that fits in your mouth. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And there's that E rating, folks. (laughs) That's a whole other episode. Um, so yeah, maybe super highly processed foods, I would definitely say are the foods that maybe we should really question if we should be eating or not. Um, it's like, okay, yeah, a Twinkie doesn't really have that much benefit for us other than it provides an excess amount of calories, but bread's been around since Jesus's time. So bread, um, I wouldn't even throw into that category at all. And Jesus drank wine. He turned water into wine, so I should probably drink less water and more wine. Oh my gosh, he did. He is such an impressive man, and I'm jealous. <laughs> He's probably like me. He didn't get hangovers. Oh my goodness. So, okay. Sorry, fun fact. I don't get hangovers. 33, still don't get hangovers. <laughs> so the- Which means one day they're all going to show up at once. And oh. I'm going to laugh. So the food pyramid has changed a ton of times <laughs> since I was in school. What prompted that? Is it just like an aesthetic thing or did portion sizes change or what was really up with that? Oh yeah. So the food pyramid went out, I want to say in like 2011, but you'll have to fact check me on that one too. Um, and they brought in a new visualization called my plate. Mm-hmm. And I really like my plate a lot more than the food pyramid because it gives you this, like I said, this visual of how you're supposed to build your plate and make sure that we can get all of these nutrient dense foods in every meal every day in the right proportions but it doesn't have fat on it at all like aren't you supposed to at least have a little bit of fats so there are foods that have fats in them already such as dairy Mm -hmm. um and yes you're absolutely supposed to include some fats fats are important not only for energy but they help absorb some fat soluble vitamins like a d e and k so i would always recommend heart healthier fats such as the trendy avocado love it um olive oil or canola oil for cooking Mm -hmm. Fats are definitely important in our diet, and we need to include them in moderation as well because they're so high in calories, so we don't need as much of them. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you did mention the um, vitamins. How important are vitamins, and which vitamin is the most important if you had to, like, pick one specific? Yeah. So vitamins are very important, and I'm always a food-focused person first. So I'm going to recommend everyone eating a nutrient dense diet before I'll recommend a supplement, but (laughs) I'm not opposed to supplements. Supplements are what they are in the name. So they supplement your diet if you're deficient in something. Right. So they they can be really beneficial for us, especially since a lot of people are deficient in vitamin D these days. Mm -hmm. We're not outside as much. There's not a a lot of foods that are high in vitamin D or not a lot of foods that people like to eat that are high in vitamin (laughs) D, like fatty fish. Yeah. Salmon. Um, so supplements are necessary when needed, but I always recommend, you know, a nutrient dense diet first to get a wide variety of vitamins and minerals first. Okay. Yeah. The food, the food pyramid versus the, the mind plate. Yeah. It's, it's a very different way of looking at it. Yes. Right. It's very different than what we learned in school, right? Very different. Cause I learned about the food pyramid as well. Yeah. And it just seems strange though. Like, it was one of those like, eat this and eat this. And people were like, yeah, whatever. And then now that you put it on a plate, it's like, if your plate doesn't look like this, you should probably adjust it. Yeah. So and- I'm going to stack my steaks on top of each other. <laughs> so they're only that big on the plate. <laughs> and I'm going to spread my vegetables out. <laughs> everyone's a little bit different. So everyone's plate might look different than my plate. So some people might need more protein. Some people may need more carbohydrates. So it could vary a little bit, but it gives you a good base. Okay. Hmm. All right. And what would you recommend to help someone just starting a weight loss or muscle building journey? So I would recommend, and I feel like a broken record, like I'm repeating (laughs) myself, but if we can eliminate the energy dense foods first, that's the easiest way we can set ourselves in the right direction for a healthier diet. Another one of the easiest things is to focus on more fruit and vegetables because we typically don't eat enough fruits and vegetables every day. And then start yourself like a very light 
workout exercise routine. So even starting with some light walking every other day Mm -hmm. can be really beneficial than just sitting on the couch and doing nothing. Okay. And when you say like limiting the energy dense food, so the junk food for people just tuning in, but are people going to like maybe notice at first a little drop in their energy or are they going to have more energy from eating the more nutrient dense foods? That's a really good question. So I think it'll vary from person to person. And I think the biggest effect that people will have is the mental effect first. Right. Because like I said, your brain wants and craves sugar. So that's why a lot of the times we're always reaching for something really Mm -hmm. energy dense is because it's like, oh, I liked that. I want some more, even though I know it didn't provide my body with any nutrients. Right. Um, So I think the mental effects are the biggest, but eventually... And I can say from firsthand experience, um, I gave up soda a long time ago and it was really, really, really hard. Um, So at first, but now I literally couldn't even imagine grabbing a soda and enjoying drinking it. So I can send you a picture. I did that too. In high school, I gave, I don't remember why. (laughs) I gave up soda and now like if I drink one, it just doesn't even taste good. But the headaches when you first quit it are real. Yeah, they are real. And, and that part of that has to do not only with maybe like taking away so much sugar, but it's the caffeine the in caffeine. it too. Yeah. So basically what I'm trying to say is eventually when your body gets what it needs, those mental feelings kind of go away and you're like, oh, I actually feel better because I'm putting nutrients in my body that it needed that I never got before. Okay. Yeah. All right. And if you could only give our listeners one piece of nutritional advice, what would that be? Don't eat like Jay. I would say if you're considering a healthier lifestyle and you want good nutritional recommendations and information, always seek out a registered dietitian. Um, You could go to www.eatright.org and find dietitians that way. Okay. Or, you know, whatever doctor's office you go to, you could ask your doctor if they can refer you to a registered dietitian. Okay. Um, But... I want to I want to give you a piece of nutritional advice instead of just telling you to talk to a dietitian. Okay, I've got one quick question on that website. Am I listed on the top ten? Mo- am I on the top ten most wanted on that site of the people who don't eat right? Just, just making <laughs> you sure. You might be after this episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. This whole interview, and that's the hardest question for me because I just have you have so, so much, much to offer. You have so much to share. Yeah. Eat food that good. (laughs) Yeah. I would say just start out with maybe trying to eliminate some of the foods that you know don't have a lot of nutritional quality. That's always a really good place to start. And then you can focus on adding in nutrient dense foods like fruits and vegetables, seeing which ones you like, you know, preparing them a different way. So if you don't like steamed Brussels sprouts, try roasting them one day and get really creative in the kitchen so nothing gets boring and you can still, you know, enjoy a wide variety of nutritional foods. Okay. Yeah. I'm not hungry for Brussels sprouts. You did Jay's going to eat Brussels sprouts on the menu tonight. I put a little bit of olive oil and salt over top of them. Oh my God. Yeah. And good for you. Look at that, Cody. I'm not all junk food. Oh, look at that. All right. And I think we're down to our last question. Finally, right? All right. I'm ready. All right. Tell us about your favorite quote and why it's your favorite quote. Oh, so my favorite quote is by Hippocrates and it's, let food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. But it's my favorite quote because it kind of promotes a preventative feel to the health system. So instead of obtaining the disease first and then treating it, Uh I'm more for, hey, how can we prevent this disease instead? Um, Which I think most dietitians have that same view as well. Right. um, And line of thinking. So I think think if a lot of people had that view, then our health system could look so different and we could all be feeling better. Right. (laughs) Um, So yeah, preventative medicine is the way to go. All right. Jay, did you have any other questions before we let her go? I think I'm just going to cry a little bit because I'm realizing my diet is just that much worse and you know, eh. no, but I mean, you have a great, a lot of great stuff. Like I just, I need to eat more real food and I think it's, I think it's a problem too, is like for me specifically, I mean, because I can't speak for everyone. I'm sure there are more people who have the same issue. 
is there are days and like the last two weeks have been this way. All right, I've got 20 minutes to have food, eat it, and be back in the office. Not a lot of time for cooking. And then by the time I get home at like, you know, eight or nine o'clock, I'm not really in the mood to cook and prep something for tomorrow. So it's like, I'm in the house, I'm going to eat more junk food and then go to bed. Yeah. So I think your best friend would be um, a little bit of meal prepping. So setting aside a day to consider the meals that you want to have for the week so you can have readily healthy options available for you when when you get home and you don't feel like cooking a full-blown meal, you just pop it out of the refrigerator or the freezer, put it in the microwave, and you're good to go. All right, so we need to create a new website, dietitianfood.com. I order it. It shows up. It's already portioned out. I just have to eat it. Is that a real thing? If not, you should make it one. <laughs> uh, no. No, I'm giving you suggestions, dietitian. <clears> okay. <throat> hey. Help right. me eat better by letting me do less work. All right. Well, I think that is all the time we have for this interview. Thank you for hanging out with us today, Amanda. Yeah. Thank you all so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I hope I did okay for my first podcast interview. <laughs> you did. Oh, great. no. You'll probably be back because my diet probably won't change. We'll have, we'll have more questions. We'll invite you on again. That. I would love to be back. Y'all over there being healthy in the pool. I'm over here sitting in a chair. Whatever. It's cool. I'm not jealous. Whatever. Today's answers keep theme with the episode, and they are fun facts about food. So. Broccoli contains more protein than steak when compared calorie for calorie. Apples give you more energy than coffee. Brussels sprouts are the most hated vegetable, but it is among the most nutritious veggie out there. White chocolate isn't actually chocolate. It's a blend of sugar, milk products, vanilla, and cocoa butter, but no chocolate solids. Green, red, and yellow bell peppers are not actually the same vegetable. And finally, Scientists can turn peanut butter into diamonds by extracting the oxygen from the carbon dioxide in the spread, then adding a crap ton of pressure, and bam, yucky peanut butter is now a pretty diamond. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today while we talked about defending your business with pizza, interviewed Amanda, our new favorite dietitian, and Jay repeatedly tried to make beer somehow a healthy food. If you have any killer questions of your own or would like to see Amanda back for a different episode to talk about a specific topic, then head over to our Twitter at Coe's Questions and let us know. We have linked in the show notes a few of the things that we talked about today, including the healthy beer and a book recommended to us by Amanda. We'll be back next Tuesday to hang out, question everything, and learn something cool along the way.